Welcome to the Treble Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Thompson, audiologist and founder of Treble Health. This podcast is supported by treblehealth.com, the nation's leading telehealth service for tinnitus and hearing loss treatment. Thank you for being here on our podcast and make sure to subscribe to get our newest episodes sent straight to you. Let's get ahead with today's episode. Number one is to have a visible list of daily relaxation strategies in your home. Use them to keep stress to a minimum. This means, yes, writing down what relaxation strategies can I do on a daily basis? Which relaxation strategies can I try when I'm maybe having a spike, when I just got home from work and I'm having a loud bout of tinnitus? Or when I'm trying to be proactive and do something to help my tendons, to help my health, having a visible list of daily relaxation strategies, you might keep this on your refrigerator, you might keep this in your bedroom, you might keep this in your journal, somewhere that you can always point back to and say, hmm, I'm not sure what I should do, but I know I need to do something for my tinnitus right now. Go to that list, choose something that makes sense. And we've found this to be very helpful uh, for our patients. Tracy, could you please uh, describe different relaxation strategies and, and which ones make the most sense for someone managing tinnitus? Yeah, I think I just wanted to add something then from the previous slide. So um, having a visible list, I think, is a really um, useful strategy because when we're feeling really stressed and anxious, it's really hard to think of those things. So having it written out where it's visible, I tell patients, hang it in your bathroom mirror, you know, have it in your refrigerator, like Ben said. When we're in that elevated state of stress and anxiety, having something you can physically just look at and pull from that list, you have it ready to go. It makes it much easier to implement. And the other like addendum to this first habit is to even take it a step back and try to become aware of when that stress level is starting to elevate, because then you can be super proactive about implementing the things on this list prior to your stress levels getting to a point where you're in that overwhelmed state. So that's sort of a technique that, that we work a lot with our patients on is to sort of identify the, you know, physiological, the, the emotional sort of key components that are starting when you can feel, feel that stress building and to be able to then quickly pull from that list so that you can implement that and sort of bring that stress level down. So on the next slide, Ben has listed um, several of those strategies that are commonly used by our patients. Sometimes, you know, things like you know, different calming activities, um, such as guided breathing exercises, yoga, meditation, you know, things like stretching, progressive muscle relaxation, all of those things are really um, helpful in just sort of settling the nervous system down, right? Settling the body down. But likewise, I mean, there's also what works for one person might not work for another person. And so things that are involving actually getting out and getting active, going out in nature, going for a walk, going to exercise, those can be equally effective relaxation strategies. I think for some people, you know, spending time with their friends and family, it can be anything and having, having multiple options on your list is really helpful and varied, varied strategies, because some days you might feel like doing a guided breathing exercise. And some days you might feel like going for a run and, you know, really sort of sweating it out. So having a varied list is also super helpful because it, depending on the day, you know, one thing might work better than the other. It's great to see that there are other methods and that's worth noting that it's your task. Right? We can help, of course, but it's your task to reflect on what actually gets me to relax. And that's where you build the list and everything else comes after that. Remember folks, it takes 30 days to build a habit. So, you know, if you try this for a few days and give up, that really should can be avoided with persistence, with community support, with accountability, 
and with the knowledge that it's actually going to help you reduce your tinnitus, which is of course why you're here to get relief, that should be the driving force here to have you consistently do it. We worked with a patient whose name is James, who's a business consultant. And as I said earlier, the the full interview here is on our YouTube channel, public information, you can view it. James came to mind when we thought of which patients took this really seriously and had a relaxation strategy toolkit and actively worked on it. Was very proactive, just every day said, hey, I want this tinnitus to improve. My tribal health audiologist told me this will help. Let me put in the work and now that he's gotten better, right? He's not fully complete completed with his treatment, but he's months in and a lot better with his tinnitus. And he looks back and says, the list of relaxation strategies is a great way to keep stress levels low, stay relaxed and improve tinnitus through that process. So it's great to see that. Habit number two, observing thoughts, feelings, and physical reactions surrounding your tinnitus without judgment. Dr. Tracy's amazing at the one-on-one coaching, guidance, support, counseling for patients. So why is the judgment piece the important one here, Tracy? Yeah, I think because we're we're framing this in sort of, you know, a realistic way as far as expectations of what to expect as people move through these stages of habituation. So we're not asking, right? We're not expecting people to sort of look at this you know, everything's going to be sunshine and roses. We know that this is really challenging and there are days where it's really difficult. One of the strategies that can be really helpful is that, you know, it's okay to acknowledge that. And actually that's what we want. What, what tends to drive that negative feedback loop is then when we observe it, or we acknowledge that, you know, we're having a really tough day and then we label it or judge it as, you know, things like my tinnitus is never going to go away. Like this is, you know, this is continuing to get worse. So judging the actual experience of, of, of having a challenging day with your tinnitus, but also judging relative to negative self-talk for yourself. So both of those areas are things that I work on regularly with patients. I I see um, some names scrolling through the, the chat, but I think that the piece to this is that the takeaway to this habit is that it's not to try to just ignore it. That strategy is really tough to do, especially in the earlier stages. So it's more about acknowledging it, observing it, not only the thoughts related to the tinnitus, but also physiological sensations that are coming up related to it, your feelings, your behaviors that are being affected by it and stopping there, you know, just, just sort of not adding the extra layer of negative um, thoughts to it, because then that reinforces that tinnitus signal. And it takes time to get this habit built for sure. So when we observe what's happening in our mind, which is often automatic, we don't have direct control over, right? That's helpful to recognize like, okay, I'm having a negative thought about tinnitus. My job is not to change it and stop it from happening. My job is to observe it, acknowledge it, and try to replace that thought with a more realistic thought, right? That is the fundamental concept of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy for tinnitus. Your mind can have automatic negative thoughts and they're often based in fear or anxiety, which is normal. And all of us here have it to some degree. Everyone here who's you know dealing with tinnitus has probably experienced this to some degree. That's normal. There's nothing wrong with you for having that, right? It's something that we push through. It's something that we can transform and uh, learn a different way. Your body, the most common observations in the body, right? If there's, if I'm feeling anxious, if I'm feeling stressed, if I didn't sleep that much because I've had a tough night of tinnitus, I'm at work the next day, I'm with family or anything else. And I might notice that I'm feeling tightness in my neck or my shoulders. I might notice that my breathing is shallow and I'm taking short breaths. Those are signs the body's giving to the brain that 
hey, you sh- you're, on, you're on high alert. You're not fully relaxed. You're not fully comfortable here. Well, that tinnitus sound is often viewed as a threat. So when my body's in a threatened or a, a high alert state, the brain gets another signal of, oh, well, this tinnitus must be bothering Ben because his body's reacting like he's bothered. Now, this is, this is nuanced. As Tracy said, it takes time. This takes repetition, practice, and time. But hopefully this is leading us in the right direction and offering something new for you. Uh, and I just wanted to acknowledge that there's 280 of us here um, in the Zoom session. And it's so powerful, the tinnitus community, when we come together and we have scientific information and we support each other, it's an important part of the recovery process. So just thank all of you for being here. Melinda is a patient who worked with our team. She's a credit officer. And Dr. Tracy, could you comment on you know, observing the mind and the body and Melinda's experience with that? Yeah. So Melinda, when I first started working with her, I think, you know, she was having a, the tinnitus was really bothersome, but I think for her, honestly, the anxiety piece of it was actually the primary issue. And so say, you know, sleep issues just couldn't work constant sort of negative thoughts streaming and, you know, physiological, um, effects of that, that buildup of that stress and anxiety that she was experiencing. She was having a lot of tension in her neck and shoulders. She was having headaches, you know, stress and anxiety manifest in a lot of different physical ways. So part of her plan, um, once we got her sound therapy implemented and that was consistent, because again, that's, that lays the foundation for being able to do all of these other things, because then you have more of a bandwidth and capacity to actually get the benefits of them. Um, then we started working on some of the relaxation strategies for her. So for her, it's, it was exercise for her. It was being able to do eventually being able to do, um, some guided, uh, medication, guided meditation, um, relaxation strategies for nighttime. And so she was very consistent in implementing these every day. It became part of her routine. She had a schedule, so she had everything written out. This is what I do in the morning. You know, this is what I kind of do midday. This is what I do in the evening leading into bedtime. And she was very consistent with it. And so over time, again, um, she's in a much better place overall with her, with her tinnitus and her anxiety. I'd love to hear that. And you know, for those doctors who say there's nothing you can do for tinnitus, or I don't have any solution for you. This is the message that we want to hold them to see, because if Melinda can improve her case in just a few months, then why is there this narrative that there's nothing that can be done for tinnitus? Professional counseling, as we just touched on, there was a study which found that structured counseling led to significantly greater improvement in tinnitus compared to no treatment or a support group. So that one-on-one coaching, that professional counseling piece of it, it does something real. It does something significant. And that's what this independent study found. Another systematic review of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy for tinnitus found that that method significantly reduced tinnitus-related distress when administered by a professional. And that was a clear, a much clearer benefit as opposed to someone who tried to do it self-guided. CBT is a, a technique that is recommended by the National ENT Guidelines. It's not, you know, we need to learn that tinnitus is not dangerous. Tinnitus itself is not the problem as much as the reaction to tinnitus might be. And to know that most people with tinnitus learn to habituate. And if we use a targeted treatment, we can make that happen faster and easier. Habit number three, what would it look like if you found a new hobby that could get your attention diverted from tinnitus and in effect, increase neuroplasticity? Tinnitus can become the dominating 
piece of our life, right? This chapter that you're dealing with bothersome tendinitis, and remember, it will be a chapter if you have targeted treatment, if you do the right things. This is a chapter, not a forever sentence. This chapter we found with our most successful patients that those who do very well tend to start a new hobby. They tend to put their attention on something that's productive and healthy for them, as opposed to the tinnitus itself or going online and focusing on tinnitus and online forums and Facebook groups. And we want to make our life less about tinnitus, not more about tinnitus. Tracy, what comes to mind for your patients when I say new habits? I mean, everything from, you know, learning to knit, training for like a marathon, taking up a new exercise class. I mean, it can be anything, but the point is, is that it engages your brain in a productive, positive way, which only reinforces the habituation process. So it actively engages, you know, your, your thoughts, your focus, your attention creates new neural connections that are positive. And anything we can do that will be along those lines is going to positively reinforce the entire habituation process. So it plays really nicely with a lot of the other strategies and techniques that our patients um, do consistently. Learn a new language, how to paint, a musical instrument, knitting, crocheting, cooking, getting a new animal, or loving your existing animal even more, putting more attention towards them, an exercise routine. These are all healthy, positive, constructive things that even if you didn't have tinnitus, they would still be good for your brain. They would still be good for your mental health and well-being. But when we're going through tinnitus, we want positive inputs, positive, healthy you know, stimulus going into our brain, you know, training ourselves. And these are examples of hobbies. So reflect on this for a moment and maybe let us know in the chat which one of these might you consider trying. Obviously, it's a personal reflection on this. John is a patient who worked with myself and worked with our team for a while here at Tribal Health. And he shared in a, an interview, a podcast interview that we did with him, that for him, starting mindfulness, meditation, guided breathing and relaxation exercises, that became his new hobby. Tinnitus became less of an issue in his life. He got better by using many methods, including one-on-one -on -one counseling, sound therapy on his ears with devices. And he took the relaxation, the guided breathing very seriously, and he realized that he loved it. So he wasn't, he didn't try this before he had tinnitus, but once he had tinnitus, he was looking at ways to improve his neuroplasticity and he tried this and it became his new hobby. And I wanted to share that story about how, if you ask him, what were the big reasons you got better? He would say, and he did say in the interview, sound therapy, uh, getting the one-on-one -on -one coaching and the mindfulness guided relaxation, guided breathing. Habit number four, make using sound therapy a priority every day. Use different sounds if one sound isn't doing the trick. We underline priority here because it might be convenient to think, oh, well, I'll only, yeah, sound therapy, they tell me I need to use white noise or different kinds of sounds or soothing sounds. And okay, I, I get that, um, but I'll just do it when I need it. That's not our recommendation. Our recommendation is to have it around you most of the time make it a priority and have it consistently consistent every day. Dr. Tracy, you have worked with many patients <laughs> focusing on sound therapy as well as the other um, habits and techniques we've spoken about. So what comes to mind? What are your tips for daily sound therapy? My daily tips, I think, you know, being consistent with it, getting, getting some time in every day. And I think one of the best tips is that you can, it's actually a really good idea to have a few different sounds. So we know that there's research that shows that over time, using the same sound, the brain 
habituates to those sounds. And so when you change it up to a different sound, sometimes that can jump the jumpstart the process again. Um, having a variety of sounds, sometimes you don't want to listen to your cricket sounds and you might want some more music-based sounds or something like that. So also when you start to notice that maybe you're starting to have a little bit of irritation or you're kind of starting to have maybe some negative thoughts creeping in around the sounds that you're using, that's a signal to change it up to something else. Something else that's going to be more relaxing, more soothing, something that's going to be background and low level. The other thing that's really important and that it's a good tip is to be really strategic about when you implement the, the sound therapy. So for a lot of patients, you know, they've identified that first thing in the morning, in the evening time when they're getting ready to, to try to settle down for nighttime and to go to bed. Those are times where they really notice their tinnitus tends to be more intrusive. So you want to be really targeted with that too, because if we can disrupt any time of the day where there's a pattern of the tinnitus is louder, it's more noticeable, it's more irritating, you're feeling more anxious around it. Anytime we can disrupt that pattern with some sound therapy, that drives habituation. And so being able to be strategic about how you use it is really important too. And then consistency. I mean, just, you know, have it on, get that relief. And I think that there, there's probably going to be some stuff in the chat. I see like some people will say like, oh, if I, if I use it all day or whatever, then I feel like my tinnitus is louder. There's, there's lots of different strategies, lots of different ways to implement this. It's not a one size fits all. Like, I think that there's a, a lot of misinformation around what sound therapy really is for tinnitus retraining. So working with your provider to sort of come up with that customized plan, what actually is going to work for you is really, is really important. So, you know, it's a little bit of trial and error to get to what's going to work um, and be part of your solid, you know, daily sound therapy plan, but you can get there. So again, is there something that can be done for tinnitus? Absolutely. Sound therapy is something where for many people, it provides immediate relief, but the real kicker we're after is to help promote habituation, right? To get us to that stage four of habituation. That's what we're after. That's the baseline. Those are results that are lasting. So using the sound therapy now is helpful to promote those long lasting results that we need. Tinnitus maskers, devices that are worn on the ears, they keep the ear canals naturally open and they're providing sound therapy. That's our top choice. Sound machine and uh, Sound Oasis is a good example of a, a, a sound machine brand that does very well and has calming tinnitus sounds. And there's various smartphone apps that can be used for free from your phone that can get you started with sound therapy. So they're not all created equal, right? This would be the tinnitus maskers, our top choice would be uh, the gold standard, the, the, the medical devices that are designed for tinnitus. Those typically have the best outcomes from our experience, but anything will help here. There's no doubt about that. There was a question in the comments about if I have sound sensitivity, hyperacusis, or if I've tried certain sounds that don't quite um, mix well with my tinnitus. Remember what we said here, make this a priority every day. And if one sound isn't doing the trick, then use different sounds. And if this can get, if this gets overwhelming or confusing, then you know, consult an audiologist that specializes in tinnitus and she or he will be able to help you with it. This is a patient who worked with us. His name is Martin. And I had the, the pleasure of interviewing him on our podcast and he used daily sound therapy to help provide relief for his tinnitus. He went to doctors. They told him they didn't have any options for him that he would just have to get used to it. He tried some things on his own. It didn't quite work well, wasn't noticing any improvement. And then he used sound therapy and worked with us uh, in one-on-one -on -one sessions. And within months, his tinnitus has improved significantly. And he, as you can see here, has, has some energy back in him. He has, uh, he feels like himself again, and being a real estate broker, uh, it's very important to have your energy and to be feeling like yourself again.
There have been recent studies of brain imaging, which show the benefits of sound therapy. So they compared a group of patients who had gone through sound therapy treatment and they measured the brain through what's called an fMRI scan. And they compared those levels of those brain measurements to a control group who didn't have tinnitus. And they found that after the sound therapy treatment, the brain was actually showing the signs that the treatment had worked. The brain was showing the signs of habituation because those certain brain regions, which were previously hyperactive, were now calm and back to normal levels. So, you know, a testimonial or a video or a personal story is great. But when you have brain imaging from two different studies that prove this works, then you start to think, hmm, maybe there really is something that can be done for tinnitus. And we can assure you sound therapy is something we want you to try. You can use this in different ways, but one common analogy for this is that imagine your tinnitus is a candle and it's in a dark room. If you turn off all the lights in the room, we're only focusing on the candle. Our brain can't stop just focusing on the candle. It's all we can see is forefront right there. If we turn on with a, with a dimmer switch, if we turn on the background lights in the room, the intensity of that candle becomes dulled. And that's a similar phenomenon, but for the hearing with tinnitus, if you have sound in the background, right? The white noise, the pink noise, the water sounds, those kinds of sound therapies, it trains your brain to process that tinnitus differently, just like you're seeing the candle in a different way with the background lights on. Okay, guys, habit number five, replacing words that have a negative tinnitus association with neutral words. I'm really excited about this one. Dr. Tracy, what is your experience um, helping patients through this? Yeah. So core concept of cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, we know this cycle of our thoughts and our thoughts affect our feelings and emotions, which then can affect our behavior and action. And I think even prior, I wish there was like a fourth, they would add a piece to that um, schematic because I think even prior to the thoughts, the language and the wording that we use that make up those thoughts um, can really drive how we feel and how we um, react to our tinnitus. Um, so I work a lot with my patients. Um, so I, I actually encourage replacing the word spike with fluctuation. Um, because we know that tinnitus fluctuates. That's, that's the nature of tinnitus and actually part of the process. But the word fluctuation has a much more neutral stance to it than the word spike and kind of the, the thoughts and the images that that evokes. And so anything we can do to, again, neutralize the entire process around tinnitus is going to be helpful to drive that habituation process. Excellent. Well, we're almost done. We're almost done here, guys. Hang in there. We have some more time here and some more important information to share. So using more constructive phrases, instead of saying, I'm fighting it, replace that thought with, I'm doing my best, right? Use that language. I'm doing my best, even though this is challenging right now. You might say, oh, I can't live with this. Well, that's training yourself in a negative way. Instead, try to replace that phrase or that thought with, I am strong and I will not give up, even though this is challenging. Finally, my tinnitus is driving me crazy right now. You might say that to your friends or just to yourself. If you notice that, try to replace that with more constructive phrase, like my tinnitus is very loud right now and I need some relief, right? All those are very helpful, very practical. And research has shown when you do that consistently, it has the positive outcome we're looking for. Toddy did this uh, and really focused on this and 
as you, as you may have seen, maybe you've uh, already watched the podcast interview, but if you haven't, I was able to have a long conversation with her about using those strategies along with sound therapy was a big part of her recovery. And she has tinnitus with some hearing loss. So she did great. She's really happy and was happy to share her positive story after a few months of hard work of you know, working with us uh, for the treatment. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. This is your host, Dr. Ben Thompson. If you have two minutes, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a five-star review on the Apple podcast platform for the Treble Health podcast. Thank you for your time. And if you need any services for tinnitus or hearing aids, please head over to treblehealth.com and our team of expert audiologists will be able to help you via telehealth. Have a great one and see you soon.